Hey everybody, just a quick announcement. We are now part of the Educated Mess Network, a network dedicated to educating about very specific topics. There you can check out our buddies Ryan, Josh, and Greg on their podcast Rumor Flies, where they do sort of a Mythbusters type thing and deep dive into common misconceptions to see if they are truth or lie. And then you can also check out Jack of All Trades and the wonderful podcast, Everything But Murder. So please head over to the Educated Mess Network. The link will be in the episode description, and you can check us out on our new network. Thank you. Hey guys, as always, the Psy Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Side Characters, a podcast about diversity in nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. And with us for a very special episode is Will, my my co-host for We Belong. Hello, Will. Oh, hi there. Yes. Hi. Well, welcome to hell. We have a special episode. But first, Leah, I don't know what you're actually going to say. Oh, yeah. So uh, since the tone of our episode is going to be depressing... Um, I thought I'd share How some How is that good different news. from any other time we record any? You know, sometimes we talk, we're f- sometimes it's depressing but funny. This time I feel like it's just going to not be as fun for all of us. <laughs> sometimes uh, it's depressing and funny. Other times sometimes it's, just it's depressed. <laughs> sometimes it's depressed tinged with anger. Sometimes it's depressed tinged with funny. <laughs> this one I feel like will be tended towards anger. So I have some good news. That I feel like everyone who listens to this will maybe have heard about since then, but wh- who knows? Um, the Harper Collins Union, uh, after three months of striking, three months striking, reached an agreement and is going back to work in a couple Yay. days. Yeah. So yeah, just that is really as, good. Yeah, as people who don't know, Harper Collins went on strike three months ago, almost to the day. Um, and because they had been operating without a contract for over a year, um, they have one of the lowest salaries. Uh, they work literally in New York, and they're making not enough to live on, um, and all sorts of other bullshit. Uh, and they are one of the only uh, publishing houses that has a union, and went on strike. And a bunch of their authors supported them, and people supported them, um, and... Now they've reached an agreement, which is really good. We're all incredibly happy because, remember, unions are good. Don't believe what the media tells you. Feel like people in America have forgotten. Unions are good. I do like how Leah is saying this to me, a well-known union buster. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you're yeah. such an op, bro. You're such an <laughs> yeah, op. Yeah, well, no, I get in there, I pretend like <laughs> I'm part of the union, and then I break it yeah. the heck up. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed to do. Oh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's got his fat capitalist pig agenda uh, yeah. ready yeah. to like, shout at people. Yeah, I literally light my cigars with um, dollar bills. So <laughs> Jordan's got a toolbox full of the master's tools, and he's just like, I'll use these. <laughs> the means of production. Oh, yeah, no. You tried to seize the means of production, but yourself um, anyways anyways it's good news all right let's all take a round to do do a couple of laughs like get it out of our system because it's not <laughs> going to be fun for the rest of the episode <laughs> um i will announce the topic in two seconds with everybody ha 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 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do it. How are we feeling before this? We're all doing good? Okay, welcome to hell. So today we're going to talk about J.K. Rowling and uh, the Hogwarts Legacy game that came out. Um, this is kind kind of a hot topic because of issues with J.K. Rowling kind of sucking and also with issues within the game itself. I have a bunch of notes that I wrote over the last five days and I'm going to kind of go through just to kind of get the fans fans get the people who listen to this show into like we don't have fans what are you talking about <laughs> right, right that, that was very self-deprecating they I all hate us uh, yeah you, you, people hate listening to this show um i hate which, listening look, to it if you want to hate listen to anything i write please do like i don't mind a list a hate listener is still a listener um but yeah, I wanted to like, just go to the notes to like, kind of get people up to date on what's happening if you don't know and just kind of quickly discuss that. And then we'll do a further discussion on the whole thing. And this is not just going to be me reading stuff. You can interrupt and interject whatever you want. But um, So the setup. Let's first talk about our favorite person, J.K. Rowling. If you do not know who J.K. Rowling is, then I'm going to gatekeep you and say revoke your nerd card. Which is ironic. He's been in girl boss. Yeah, uh. <laughs> girl boss. Yeah, yeah. So J.K. Yeah. Rowling is the um, very famed writer of the book series, movie series, um, and I guess now game series. Well, eh, before game series, Harry Potter. Um, and yeah. I just thought of a great, a great episode what you, title. What for is this. happening? I thought of a great episode okay. title. This is like Harry Potter and the horrible turf. But yeah, but. So J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter and became very rich and very famous because of that. Um, it is a very beloved series as both Will and Leah and I guess kind of me are all big fans of it. Um, yeah. But what? in recent years, <laughs> specifically 2020 is where it kind of came came to a head. J.K. Rowling was, um, I guess, called out, canceled, whatever you want to call it, for making a lot of... <clears throat> A, a lot of comments about trans people, trans women specifically. Um, it started with, I think it was 2019, where she started liking tweets saying that trans women are men, are just men in dresses. Um, she since then has refused to acknowledge trans women as women, um, creating the differentiation of women as quote unquote people who menstruate. Um, and then she has continued to forth the notion on many occasions that trans people are predatory among other things. Um, so this are in the hmm? category is turf. Turf. Which I do I remember I wanna know if I could do it off this uh, trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Ooh. Okay. I like Off the top of my head. I very like panicked Googled that really quick. I was like, oh crap, I don't actually remember what each uh letter is. Well, I feel like because I do have some like family members who have been like, What does that mean? Because it always gets thrown about, but some people don't actually have I never had it defined for them. So So but um so I guess a lot of the times people are like oh well she said some things she made a mistake and like think people have moved on like you know cancellation doesn't really mean anything but i am here to inform you that not only has jk Rowling continue to make some of these comments and continue to do these things she does it every single day multiple times a day where she'll post something or say something so it's not that she messed up and said something or liked a tweet once and like got called out of her and then had a conversation and changed her ways no she double triple quadrupled down and has continued to do this stuff 
every single day um, to the point where she has also supported, whether on purpose or accidentally, some hate groups uh, yep. that have caused massive harm to the trans community and has spread conspiracy theories that are um, similar to those that both Donald Trump and Alex Jones are spreading upon many others. She has regularly like communicated now more recently with people who are alt-right female figures in the community which is important to know and also the other thing that someone pointed out the other day which i really like the idea of saying is that we're now getting to a point where the younger generation doesn't didn't interact with harry potter she isn't a child's author anymore she's a turf this is now her full-time job this is how people will know her. She is not a child's author. She is a person who wrote children's book. She does not any longer write children's books. So We're getting to that point. Yeah. So a thing that Will actually pointed out, I think either just in hanging or actually on Weebelong, is that while she is continually posting all this turf stuff, she has it in recent media, has it really yeah. talked about any of the other issues that she has cared about? So I think that goes kind of exactly really heavily in what Leah is saying. Like, she's not really anything else, but right now she is 100% just a turf because, like, she has in the past kind of positioned herself as, like, this champion of diversity, but she hasn't really done anything for any of the other communities. She's only done things to harm the trans community recently. And I think that's yeah. kind of an important thing to call out. Rather than the person who has multiple times said they care about, like, all people, she has only really posted hate things as of recently. And only really talked about hate hate towards trans people as of recently. I think that's yeah, J.K. Rowling, I don't believe, um, I don't want to say something um, that might be inaccurate because she tweets so many times a day. Sometimes yeah. it's very hard to keep track, but um, if she has posted about Black Lives Matter, it has not been often, and it has been a unusual thing. I think that was really a moment for me that was pretty solidifying of how I felt about her. I mean, it would have been anyway, but like... Uh, during the George Floyd protests is when I noticed it. I actually, like, remember going to her Twitter and seeing just her, as you said, Jordan, like, almost obsessively posting about um, this issue. Um, and I suddenly, for some reason, like, probably just because uh, it was on my mind, like, very much so, I, I thought, oh, I, has she posted anything about, you know, Black Lives Matter or George Floyd or anything going on or, you know, how black people are affected in the UK by this, anything, and, and it was nothing. I, in that moment, I checked back, I did check back days, um, and I, I just saw nothing about it, so it, it's, that's so telling to me that she says, as, as you said, that she's like, well, I'm just looking out for everybody, and it's like, well, it, it seems like pushing down one group you see as dangerous has taken a lot of monopoly over protecting groups that are actively saying they're in danger, and that's troubling to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Particularly with her interactions now with people, like, she's interacting with people who are known for other hate-filled ideologies. And it, before, people were like, oh, it's, well, she doesn't know. No, the, the people she's interacting with, I distinctly was, like, walked through in a video one of the interactions she had with this woman who was an alt-right, like, very racist individual. 
um, and bonding over the fact that they were, you know, both turfs together. Yeah. yeah, well, I told Jordan, uh, like, about a week ago, and this, again, it sounds hyperbolic, but I don't think it is. I, I said to him, she's getting to a point where I may have to move her out of my turf file and into my um, secret Nazi file. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, she's, um, she's, she's dealing with Posey Parker, who we know for a fact sympathizes with alt-right uh, mentalities. We also know that Posey Parker allowed... Lisa Morgan, who is a turf um, activist, to speak at one of her rallies. And during one of those rallies, Lisa Morgan literally quoted Mein Kampf. Yeah. So we're getting to a point where you really see all of this turf stuff. And, and there are actually like very good videos. Uh, Jesse Gender on YouTube has one about this, which is that turf ideology is a, at the very least, pipeline to fascist thought, oh, yeah. uh, which makes sense when you really think about it. And to, right now, I think we're at a point where we have to start considering, was turf ideology all along just a smokescreen for alt-right and fascism to get into these circles? And I believe it very well might be. Yes. Yes. I can tell you yes, because, let me tell you how I know this. I, uh, I lived with a guy who was a criminologist. Um, my first year uh, uh, here, and uh, he studied uh, terrorism in places like the internet, in like places, places like Discord. Um, and what I do on Discord these... is none of your business. <laughs> well, the fact is, is terroristic. Discord has a huge number of terrorist yeah. groups present on it. Um, yeah, I and weird. he also told me numerous things about the fact that. About the British media, because I didn't know before this. And I've lived in the UK for several years, even before that. Um, how anti-trans people the media is, systematically, more so than the yeah. US. Which is hard for me to convey, because people don't understand. The media in the UK is largely controlled by big, conservative, um, uh, wealthy individuals. And they actively have put money into anti-trans propaganda. Like actively put forth campaigns to slander trans people um and i didn't know this and which thus makes it make more sense why jk rowling in her essay had all these things from media being like look this is legit and i was like ah yes there you can see how she uses british media but one of the things he did point out to me was that there these types of posts and these types of things originated on like mommy boards so like mom forums and they've like pinpointed several in the uk that are problems and these are also where like radicalization occurs as well and these like new mom forums are where shit goes down and this is included for turf ideology and fascist ideology. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. The only thing right. I'm not being an expert I can really say about that, but I'm not surprised that hate people who create groups that are all about hating a thing, I'm not surprised that that attracts some horrible people on like who also hate other things. Like I'm not surprised that you have an anti-trans group and then oh all these fascist groups are like liking that and supporting that as well. I, I'm not surprised by that. Well I think I mean for one thing just on the like media distinction, I think that in America 
for one thing, I think the UK media has been covering trans people for longer than yeah. the American media has mm -hmm. in a mainstream way. I think that in America, and the mommy blogs thing, I think really is an important puzzle piece of this. I, I think that in America, the thing uh, for trans, the way that trans people have been covered in the media, um, especially when it's not, you know, flattering, you know, done by a outlet that wants to support us explicitly. Um, it, there's a lot of like, look at this, look how weird it is. And then sometimes it gets to a point actually often of look how gross this is like oh, weird and gross. Um, and in the UK, I think the difference is look how weird this is. And also look how dangerous it is. Yeah, and I think that that's really what's gotten into the American media, and and what um uh, you know conservatives in America have really adopted and learned from the UK uh you know anti-trans movement is this fear, and it really makes sense how that could launch in um mommy groups, right? Yeah. Like I, I could understand that. Oh, I also yeah. just want to say really quickly. Um, and we can get more into it, but when you look at the makeup of trans people and and how we're seen in uh, Western society, we really are a perfect candidate at this time to be victims of fascism. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of the markers of a group that could be dehumanized. We have a, uh, we're very easily uh, put out of public consciousness and, and not allowed to be seen in public, sometimes literally. And um, we're very easily othered uh, medically, uh, scientifically, and also just as people. Um, so, uh, and again, like, there's other ways that this is in play, but I, I just think that for them, if you want to relaunch fascism, it is kind of a brilliant idea to do it with trans people, because we really are a perfect mark for it, in a way very much so that Jews, I think, were in uh, the turn of the century in Europe. Yeah, one of the things, two things, two things, one, living in the UK, let me tell you one thing that Jordan's noticed that I also noticed when I came here because I had come before living in the UK. I was living in Canada. And in Canada, gender-neutral bathrooms are just the norm. Yeah, which is all. In the U.S., <laughs> they're becoming more the norm in cities, particularly mm. in new builds. Yes. And, yes. like, the laws on them are interesting. And so, and I have a sister who does, who builds buildings for a living. And so she knows all the laws. And she's told me, like, in California, you have to have urinals. And so it's like, there's a whole thing. That's interesting. Um, and talking with people here, not that they are against them. They're not against gender neutral bathrooms. They don't have the same reaction that I do to being like, this is stupid. We have two individual stalled bathrooms. Why not just play, change the labels on them? Right. They don't, they're not like, they don't go, oh yeah, like, it's not an immediate, like, for me, that's, it's, it's just seems stupid. Um, but there's a lot of people here who are still like, do not see as much the point or of having the gendered bathrooms or are in support of other groups minority groups such as muslim groups which i then you could go into this whole thing of like well they're not recognizing that non-binary people exist so the women right. using the bathrooms doesn't that whole thing i think is a flawed argument on their part but it's generally like i think speaks to the uk positioning and the influence of the media that people aren't as like immediately like Oh, right. This is a problem. We should protect people who are vulnerable and who have been shown to be more vulnerable in, like, to being subject to harm in these spaces, which are trans people are more likely to be subject to harm in these spaces. 
So I that that was one thing. Do I remember what the second one was? I it was something. I was gonna make a comment on that, but I didn't want to be mead. But yeah, it's like there's there's a high likelihood the second one's gonna go away. At least gonna forget <laughs> about the other one. <laughs> I was it was it was something. It was something. Love you, buddy. And, and, and this is a this is a slight you know tangent a little bit, yeah. but I find it so fascinating that people both uh, want to deny the fact that there's always been trans people. You know, people. Why are there so many trans people around nowadays? And they also want to deny that um, violence is higher for trans people. They they kind of want that to be a myth or, or that we're perpetrators of violence. And I find that so fascinating when. So I would say uh, probably all, if not not all, but most of the media representation of trans people pretty much until like very recently, like 2000, was of us having violence done to us. That was really the only way we were represented. So I I, I just, sorry if that's like word salad, but I just find it interesting that there is record of us being in existence um, in the past, and that record directly shows that there's been so much violence done to us so that it's violence. literally our, and it's some of that is just wrongful media depiction, yes, but it's become a trope, and some of that is based in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying, <laughs> there's so much violence that, like, that is, like, a And the trope perpetuates tro- yeah. the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Violence. Because, and actually, some of those movies have the moral of, it was right to do that violence to that trans person because that person tranny tricked you. To use yeah. a phrase, sorry yeah. if anyone's offended, yep. but it's just yeah. the way it was referred. To. No, that's what it was. That was what it was called. They they led you on, in the yeah. same sense that women lead men on. And it's like, well, yeah, which, I did remember. I did remember what it was. The other thing I was going to say, which does relate to this as well, about the whole perception of violence, which very much goes to the government or and just media's perception of that violence, and like, it's the other. It is the other. Right. It is absolutely yeah. the other. That's what you do is you make the other person someone who will do violence to you. That's Relating right. that back, I have been re-reminded in the past couple weeks through videos and movies and other things of the fact that people tend to forget that prior to World War II, there were large sentiment, pro-Nazi fascism sentiment in both the UK and the US and most major Western countries. Our little sin everyone likes to forget. Yeah, and and some places did a good job of squashing them. Like, the UK did a pretty good job of once they actually some form of, if I remember correctly, some form of violence occurred, then they were outlawed. Other countries, like the US, did not do a very good job, and we forget this. It's still there. Yeah, no, I think it's important uh, to remember. Walt Disney uh, was not a Nazi. He was not affiliated with the Nazi party. But before we got into a war with them, in, in I think a, around 1935, I might be wrong, uh, he did invite several high-position uh, Nazis to a dinner that he had, and also a showing of a movie. So we were definitely interested in them. People read Mein Kampf. Um, the leader of the Girl Scouts, or, excuse me, not the leader, the creator of the Boy Scouts. I said the leader of the Girl Scouts. Creator of the Boy Scouts uh, was a big fan of the book Mein Kampf and was often seen reading it before uh, we got into World War II, or World War II started, I think, in Britain is when he kind of quieted that down um, and found great inspiration in Hitler's words. Uh, and uh, the writer Jack Kerouac talks about how his French-Canadian immigrant family um, eagerly hung uh, swastika banners, and he remembers tracing swastikas in the fog of a window as a small child until... 
they took down the banners and his mother explicitly told him not to do that else the neighbors would say something because yeah. the war had started so all of this is you know uh, it was always there you know uh we just were, don't really talk about it anymore yeah we're, yeah we're also kind of getting a revival of that with um some of the yeah purest love for nazis but also some of the purest love for uh what russia is doing re in recent days you know extremely right. anti um trans russia <laughs> um but, yeah, so before we continue on, just to you know, do a nice little check. I'm gonna make some two jokes based off things that were recently said, um, and then we could go on. Why Will said right. um, Walt Disney wasn't a Nazi, but my joke was, yeah, but Mickey Mouse was. <laughs> yeah. We're about to get sued because I I called him. He Mickey did Mouse hate Nazi. unions though. House, he the house, back oh yeah, unions. he. He hated unions. <laughs> um, and then the yeah. other one, Will said, oh, wait, no, it wasn't the leader of the Girl Scouts who was a Nazi. Like, oh, yeah, no, it was just the leader of the Sailor Scouts. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> ah, fighting Good. evil by moonlight. Sure. Hey. Don't say uh, that about Serena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to, I had to bring in a weed <laughs> joke. <laughs> Great. Let's keep going. Okay, so um, now it's time to talk about the game itself. I kind of just want to give... A couple of the little details before going into it. Um, so Hogwarts Legacy was a game based off the um, Harry Potter world. It wasn't going to follow specifically the events that happened in the Harry Potter movies or books, but it's going to be set in 1812. We'll get to that. Not Is it pure post? Nope, them shitting set on the floor. 1890. Is it pure post what? Holy shit, yeah. Them shitting on the floor. Oh, yeah. I forgot the detail that... Um, J.K. Rowling said that wizards never use the bathrooms. They will poop on the floor and then um, disappear it. Or whatever yeah, you it must still be doing that because people didn't have indoor plumbing at that point. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah. sorry, it's not oh, 1890. No, it's yeah. 1890. I'm sorry, 1890. Amazing. Oh, well, then, damn it, um, we're too we're too far away from that. Oh, okay. right yeah, when, I guess um, people had toilets at that. Point. 1890, right when uh, Albus Dumbledore started going to school, which I found was a weird fact. Shelly's boxed herself yeah, in the corner so, with the huh? shitting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, will you keep retconning to like expand your story that you accidentally like, like you get drunk one night and then you say something you don't mean and then now you're stuck? Yeah. Now you're happens. stuck with your people shitting themselves? Yeah. <laughs> Not uh -uh. themselves! On the floor and then disappearing. No, themselves! Themselves! They will shit where they're standing and then clean it up. <laughs> Anyways, oh, Leah, Leah, you're derailing the show. Done. Stop it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, but yeah, so Hogwarts Legacy, the game itself, was announced in um, September 2020, which was actually after uh, J.K. Rowling started uh, making her remarks on trans women. So at that point, um, the game studio did separate themselves from J.K. Rowling and um, you know, stopped her from having any input on the game. Um, the game was developed by Avalanche Software, which was acquired by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment <laughs> from Disney in January 2017. Um, and so in response to some of um, J.K. Rowling's rhetoric, uh, Avalanche Studios and Warner Bros. They hate speech. Did, um, yeah, horrible hate speech. Um, they did like hire a team um, to like be more trans inclusive for the game, and also had the franchise's first transgender character 
But they were all anti-Semites, so it didn't work <laughs> okay. out. Hold Sorry. on, Will! You're getting to the punchline too early. Sorry, spoiler. Okay, anyways, but they did ah. introduce the first uh, trans character in the Harry Potter franchise in this game, Sorona Ryan, which I need to take a quick second. Sorona Ryan. Um, but yeah, anyways, and then, so the game was actually released eight days ago, well, of us recording, on 2-10, February 10th, and yeah, since then, there's been a... Was it only eight days ago? Yeah, Fuck. it's only been eight days, buddy. But yeah, there's Also, been... can I just say, really quick, like, <laughs> I know people have made a lot of, like, Serona's name, and, like, she very, um... <laughs> she kind of shoehorns in, there's, like, some shoehorn dialogue in her, she's like, took them a while to realize I was a witch, and it's like, we don't have to just always, we, we don't always talk about how we're trans when we're trans. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I do remember but, the first uh, thing Will ever said to me when we met, Will walked up, I'm, I'm trans! trans! And I was like, also, okay, like, nice to like, meet you, I'm trans! For the time period, <laughs> considering how much they've ground this in yeah. the, oh, it's accurate. Yeah. Time period. What the fuck? Yeah, I hate this. yeah like, so what is wizardries like? Do wizards get like? Is that like? Anyway, that's. But the thing the, that's like all not taken into account. But also, um, the other thing that bothers me about her is that like, she's just someone who works in a restaurant, and I'm like, can't she have a better job? Like, I like, I wish that the one trans person in Harry Potter was like someone like interesting like a professor. or. Like a professor, or like had a cool job, like any of the amazing jobs you can have in Harry Potter, like dealing with yeah. Fantastic Beasts, or like dealing with fucking dragons, like like fucking Ron's brother does, or being a curse breaker is a badass thing yeah. that like we haven't gotten that into. Like anything else that's not like the most boring job you can have in Harry Potter, which is just the job you have in real life, which is working retail. Like that would be dope if she could have that i would love yeah. that like the fact she's like let me get you your drink says it's like oh no like uh, poor like, i feel bad for her yeah um so the other thing i was gonna say really quick is like <laughs> yeah she she could like have a job or she could be like you know an evil goblin who just wants to get um, <laughs> power, <laughs> power right. and money so that <laughs> kind of dives into uh. the, some of the controversies that followed since the game's release um, so I have a section of my notes titled Hogwarts Legacy and Anti-Semitism. Um, but really quick, I do, I wanted to, I didn't put this in my notes, I completely forgot about this, but I do want to say that, like, before all this, like, Harry, the Harry Potter franchise has been called out for some, you know, issues. Lack of diversity. Other issues as well, um, with, um, anti, both anti-Semitism, but also some of the kind of, I guess, I'll call them microaggressions, such as um, certain names being a little, eh, like um, naming the one Asian character Cho Chang, Cho which Chang. is not a Ooh, name that right. could exist because okay. those are two surnames rather than either of those being a first name. Um, and yeah, there, there's um, there, there there was issues making stereo. <laughs> no, no, please go on. Well, please, what were you gonna say? Yeah, making your people who run the fucking bank a goddamn stereotype for Jewish people. I was about to get to that, yeah. And also, the portrayal of the goblins, of the... <sighs> which goblins in general are kind of a uh, trope or a kind of discriminatory way of, um, I guess, showing Jewish people with... Um, 
and I apologize for everything I'm about to say, with um, the way that they show them being greedy and money-hungry, running banks or being money lenders, and also showing them as um, having um, hooked nose and or grotesque features, and that, that's been a thing that's been called out with the uh, portrayal of goblins within the Harry Potter universe. So before we kind of get it get into what I'm about to say on the the controversies within <laughs> Harry Potter uh, is that, um, yeah, this was already kind of present and was already called out in media before. And so it's very surprising that the game Harry Potter Legacy, Hogwarts Legacy, follows shutting down a goblin rebellion. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just want to say really quick, like... This is one of those moments, Jordan, like I was telling you about the other day, where I really, truly wonder if, like, did we all misinterpret Harry Potter for the better? And she didn't mean any of the things that we really got from it. She didn't, like, mean um, to put in any of those lessons, really. And uh, one of those lessons to me here that we're seeing here is that Harry Potter has always talked, I felt, um, before all of this happened, you know, as someone who was a big fan. Um, Harry Potter, Harry Potter has always talked about domination culture and the fact that that's a real thing and it's very, very dangerous. And I always felt that Harry Potter really, um, spoke out against it, at least subtly, you know, I think that like, it's always been, I always felt that it was something Harry at least was aware of, you know, kind of this thing of like, well, you're very afraid, like our society, like the Ministry of Magic and the Death Eaters. They're both very afraid. Like they're these fear-based people and they take rights away from people Really just because at the end of the day, they're worried that when those people get rights, they'll treat them like they did. Like, yeah. they'll become oppressors because they I'm oppressed like, them. And Dolores Umbridge. Like, come on. Very much. Uh, or, like, when Harry goes to the ministry and he sees that big statue of all of the yeah. non-human uh, sentient creatures looking up at the witch and wizard. And then when he goes back to the ministry after um, the Death Eaters have taken over, the statue is different, but it's not that different. It's not different enough. And Harry comments on that, and he's disturbed by that. And he's always been distrustful of the Ministry, because the Ministry always treats people who Harry loves, Remus Lupin, Dobby, the House Elf, etc., uh, as less than. Sometimes as less than uh, deserving of justice, sometimes as less than human. So I always thought that was a real lesson in Harry Potter, that we shouldn't be doing domination culture, that that's wrong-minded, that when you oppress someone and they want freedom, that's not to oppress. Dobby's a great example of that. And now, when I look at this game, and the fact, and I, when I first started seeing the plot for this game, it, um, it, it always came out as, you're, there's a goblin rebellion, the reason they're having a rebellion is because they want to be able to have wands, and the wizards are saying you cannot have wands. And uh, you are positioned as someone who is opposing that rebellion. And the goblins are positioned as bad because they are teamed up with proto-Death Eaters in their rebellion. And I thought to myself, that is such a weird lesson yeah. for this series to me. That is so not in keeping with what I thought was taught. But in this new trailer for the um, uh, podcast that she's doing with uh, Megan Phelps, and she might mean her trans comments, but J.K. Rowling also says, you could not have misunderstood me more. And when I heard her say that, it was a, I hope it was not in retrospect. I, I had a feeling, and I hope that feeling wasn't um, confirmation that I didn't want. I think 
I think I think you were right that we interpreted it better than it was. Yeah. Because some things I remember. Sorry, Jordan. One no, no, last, no, no, some, no, no, one no. thing I re- I remember is um, everyone making fun of Hermione for supporting house elf rights. I was. Yes. That's what I was about to bring up. Actually, is that that her when I read through the Harry Potter's of recent history. Um, the portrayal of the house elves and that whole house elves wanting rights thing, it, it was kind of weird to me. And also, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's brought up in the world, and then nothing truly happens with it. And that was kind of yeah. like a, a, a very weird way presence. The way she portrays house elves or portrays the match, like, like kind of what you were saying, like all the magical beings looking up to humans, the way she portrays that is very white supremacist-y kind of in a way yes and i'm going to say uh, i like um i was part of a big harry potter meetup um it was actually quite very large um and i met a lot of harry potter fans i've I've been to a lot of cons and um i have to say that like those parts of the book like the parts of spew and the parts of hermione we've always discussed that and i actually have memories of repeatedly having conversations with um especially young women and especially um uh, young women of color but also young white women who would talk about how that there is a scene in that book where when we learn that all of the food is made by house elves at hog and hermione looks down at her plate and she goes this was all made she literally says this was all made by house elves all this food was made by slaves and whoever's telling them goes like yup <laughs> like i think it said it was nick who like can't give a fuck right because he's mm-hmm. dead so uh, he's like, that's right, or something. And Hermione pushes her plate away. And um, a lot of young women talk to me about how, and, and young people generally, who I would later see go on to do anti-fascist movements, talked about how that was a massive moment for them. Either as people who uh, felt solidarity with Hermione, they felt so- that meant that Hermione was an ally, or that they saw themselves in that. They thought, oh, should I be like Hermione? Or they had realized something like that recently, and that had made a rift with their own families, and they saw that moment in them. And we would contrast that with the fact that uh, about a year, I think, or two after that book came out, her uh, J.K. Rowling did an interview where she t- somebody asked her about that. They said, like, what do you think about Hermione and Spew? And she said, I wrote that explicitly to be an example of someone doing bad activism that they do when they're young. Yeah, And no, the that young people actually... who I talked to said that that was heartbreaking and we always found that troubling and to be honest some of us and again some of us who would later go on to do anti-fascist movements or ourselves be trans or are already we're already people of color we tagged that for her we were like mm, joe's being bad again and she yeah. always had those moments so that's she... always been talked about because that's that is the moment because that is i remember that in reading it that that moment it's a heavy was great. moment what yeah. follows after is something that I and many other people have seen in many other shows and other things where it's you take someone who is doing something intellectual, who is an intellectual person, who is doing yes. something for the good of other people, and you make fun of them. Yes. And they make fun of her for it. They're literally like you're, of, they're like, you're thinking about it too much. They literally say, you're thinking about this too much, Hermione. They may, she, J.K. Rowling uses that as a moment to make fun of her. 
Yes. It is that is the entire point of that. Yeah. And that like is said, unfortunately what I remember nowhere. about that. It like the mm-hmm. whole yeah. plot go nothing happens with it. It goes nowhere. Spew disappears in the later books. Nothing yeah. happens with it. It goes nowhere. Because they because they were it was her the entire intention was for her to make fun of her. Yeah. That was the point. Well, and because she she um she world builds that away because with the way that she world builds it away is by saying, "No, no, tell selves Dobby is is weird. Dobby's a freak, Harry, and yeah. that's why he's your friend." Which Harry also in the books is kind of like, mm, I don't know about that, but all right. Um, like, but uh, like even in book the characters are like, mm. but they're like Dobby is weird. It is weird for house elves to want to be free because it is. Not culturally significant to them, not somehow spiritually significant to them, not like built into something where it's like after years of, you know, like some historical thing where it's like, well, the house elves were oppressed and then like someone brainwashed them and now they're like this or like, oh, you know, this, that there was some religious thing and now that's gone, but they still have the social shit. House elves as creatures inherently by their creature nature like to be enslaved and in service to people. Not even just in service to people, because Dobby digs helping friends, right? Like, Dobby's down to help Harry. Like, he's like, yeah, Harry, whatever you need, Harry Potter. Like, I got your back. I'll do fucking my incredibly powerful magic to help you. Um, But it's it's not about being in service. That's not what house elves are naturally uh, built for. Naturally to be enslaved and owned by someone. That is not cool. Like, that's not good for, like, people in your world. For Like, she, she toted that around like it was an escape route. But really... That is, like, fucking bad to have, like, characters in your world literally have the inherent quality of wanting to be slaves. That's some fascist shit. That's yeah. literally yeah. some fascism shit. Which is shit. why reading that stuff made me feel very weird because those same kind of things were used to talk about black people, especially back in the um, slave days. It's damn like, oh, right. yeah, well, they're, they're made to be slaves. Yeah, in, anyway. It's yeah. been some shit since Socrates was fucking oppressing people. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm saying, just saying. So, okay, let's let's dive into the game. I, I just want to get through some of this information, right. and then we can kind of talk. So, Ugh. in reading and watching stuff, one thing that I did notice about the goblin, like, hmm, I don't know how to really say this. I personally have on multiple times, probably even on this show, and definitely on Weebola, have said that I think that J.K. Rowling is a hack, and I don't like her writing too much because she writes very black and white like there is a villain there is a hero oh all the slytherins are evil especially in the movies yeah so all this every single slytherin is an evil bastard and all of our good characters are good regardless of what and i think that's kind of a way that this was written for the game so the goblin rebellion yes it was like about goblins rising up to get wands but the rebellion is led by ran rock who is this goblin who specifically like Oh, Ranrock. Oh, who specifically has evil intentions and wants to um, get the wand for great powers. So he aligns the Goblin Rebellion, then through just this one evil guy, aligns themselves with the um, Dark Wizards or whatever. So they paint it as a very black and white thing where it's like, oh, well, the, the Goblin Rebellion is bad. We need to stop them because it's an evil guy at the top. And this is a question that I want people to start asking themselves. What are evil intentions? Yeah. Like, what's that mean? I'm... Like, what's that mean? <laughs> like, what are his... I'm not saying, like, like I'm not saying, like, uh, like uh, insulting the words you use, Jordan. But it's like, I feel like that in the game, 
it is so it's unspecified a little bit, right? Like, I mean, obviously they don't want to. Maybe they don't want to spoil shit, but like, how much of a spoiler is it? Like, explain what your villain wants to do. Why is your villain a villain? Why is he hurting people? Well, why is he got wrong-minded ideas? Bad, bad or, writing because there's just an evil guy who. But even like Voldemort had like like Voldemort wasn't just like blah I'm bad. It was like Voldemort has shit I can point to yeah, that makes he has me, an like, ideology. Yes, totally. Whereas, like, what is yeah. the evil that this goblin wants to do? Like, does he? Like, I, I think I read at one point. Like, don't don't they, don't they want to kidnap like kids? Sorry, spoiler for anyone who wants to play the shittiest. <laughs> but like, isn't it like literally a blood libel thing or something? Maybe I'm like, maybe I saw some oh, shit on blood Twitter. Blood libel that thing? Huh. If it is a blood libel thing, I'm like, mm, that also. Mm, nah, mm, I saw like somebody posting. Ugh, I shouldn't say. I'm on a podcast and not just like. Wait, wait, VC, where I need to like watch what I say, but um, I think I saw somebody say that like there's something where they're like goblins steal kids or something, and it's well, like, that's, oh, okay, that's so, a, but, in general, in fantasy lore, that is a thing in fantasy lore of goblins, which relates to blood libel, which relates to Jewish stereotypes. But I, I, we don't know, I don't know if it is true for the game. I, yeah, I, I have not been able to, like, um, confirm nor deny that, so I, I will not speak to it. Okay. But, yeah, I, I was not able to find But yeah, I'm just curious, like, what are these, what is this goblin doing that is evil? Like, is it evil because he's harming people, or is it evil because he wants, to, like, goblins to be in power and we don't like that? That's my question. I, I, I think like, that from what I read, it was evil because he wants to use power for himself. He is a very greedy goblin who wants to grab all the power for himself and be all powerful. Wizards do that all the time. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah but no, I'm I'm just saying what I what I evil. read from the game. Whatever. Again, this comes from three people. Evil in quotes. This comes from three people who haven't played the game, but I did do the research. But I will say I do not know specifically cut like how deep they go into it. All I know is that yes, his whole thing is he wants power, and they also do the whole like super villain thing of like oh one of his own people like oh well maybe we shouldn't and then he kills that guy he, he, they, they do that whole thing so they just uh, try their hardest to kind of hammer in how evil the specific one he's is. a bad so guy can, so they can say and i quote um yeah he's a bad one but there's other you know good goblins right like the ones we fuck sorry sorry what was like, that? literally that's like what it comes down to i bet like that's like literally what it comes down to is like that's okay though like we'll fuck some of them and have kids that like will then like be shitty too right like that's like what it always comes down to of hers like well uh, like do people fuck that because then we'll be affected, <laughs> maybe I, I, and then even then they're sometimes so like true. nah son like they like shit on like hagrid's dad for like fucking yeah. a giant like he's a fucking monster it's like uh, i think that like maybe even though it's very clear in that story that Hagrid's dad loved that woman. Yes! Yes! Yeah. Maybe, maybe, guys, maybe, regardless of how much we love the series, maybe she was a bad writer. I just want to, uh, I just well, want to poke Jordan, to you guys. I have already told you this. We've had this discussion where I am of the same opinion as my father, which he said, J.K. Rowling might not be the best writer, but she did get a generation of children to read. Yes. And I think that's absolutely true. In a declining publishing industry, she got an entire generation to read that, in. And great. then I followed up with Stephanie Meyer killed it. 
after that. No, um, I think um, what's her um, name from Fifty Shades of Grey killed it. But anyways, no, no, seven. Anyways, we're not gonna talk about. It. Anyways, but I, I do she think that she's only a so-so writer. That yeah. is, that yeah, has always been my position. She's only a so-so writer. But what we have been establishing is that she does do a great way of indoctrination of that she presents something that seems great. Yeah, presents something that seems great and that we interpret as being wonderful and then puts over top of it people making fun of it. Um, So, so my other thing too is like, how did we, and then I'm like, but like, if we all interpreted that, and this is just like an ongoing theory that I've been having, and I've told you this, Jordan, too. If we all interpreted that, in a totally different way than she meant it to. That is one of the shared, one of the biggest shared misinterpretations for the better that it has maybe ever happened in yeah. literature. Like consider, but also the power of what this had, and like Jordan saying that all Slytherins are bad. It's funny because to me, and being in the thing, in the like Harry Potter scene, and with all the people I, who I knew who liked Harry Potter, Slytherins aren't bad. Slytherins. T- before J.K. Rowling did her shit, we're the best. Like, among people who were like, yeah, yeah. who do you want to be? You want to be Slytherins, you want to be Ravenclaws. Gryffindors were the absolute worst. As we got older, that's how it turned into. Slytherins weren't bad, Slytherins were the best. So, we've all, like, transposed this into something new. Anyway, sorry, I'm going to disagree with what you are saying right there. The way that she wrote Slytherins are all Slytherins are evil with no, weird I, yeah, and bad Yeah, that's what dishes. I'm saying. Well, you said before yes. she did her thing. Her thing was writing the book. Her, <laughs> her, 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 not, not writing the book. Before she became out of stir, like outed herself well, as a turf yeah when and we i were had all that opinion before she i, right, I would like, say i had that opinion even of Slytherins though, before she even though jk rowling writes every slytherin pretty much yes. as either being bad or someone who was once bad yeah we as a generation looked at the four houses and were like no there is something good in all of these so much so that slytherin and ravenclaw the two houses that are not talked about and also shitted on the most in the context of the books became somehow the most popular amongst the most fans. popular. How did we all have this shared interpretation if yeah. it was so wrong? This is my question because we all yes. interpreted it the same way. So if that's not what she meant, how did that happen? That is what I am trying to figure out. That's what yes. I'm starting to think might have occurred. And I'm, it's it's wild if that is. It's crazy. How? Did all it's, these children take the same thing out of this book if that was not what was really in this book? Uh, yeah. Also, really quick for this conversation, full disclosure: when I took the whole Potterboard test, I am a Slytherin. So, just sort of throw yeah, that out there. Of that's that's I'm why always it's like, a Ravenclaw. But yeah, that's just it's like the but the way she wrote Slytherins, especially like in a kid's book, she writes Slytherins as being evil, and it's like, well, then a bunch of kids take this Potterboard yeah. test, and they yeah. look is like, wait, I'm a Slytherin. Does that mean I'm bad? And no, but just, Jordan, <laughs> the point that I think is being that uh, like, but yeah. the, the thing is, is that a bunch of kids did take the Pottermore test. They did get Slytherin, and they thought, ballin'. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were like, <laughs> the, the sunglasses just slowly go over their eyes. Deal. Will and Will those kids were from... Like, those kids weren't like, that's yeah. awesome. I like Slytherin because they're racist. That was me. Yeah. Oh. Th- th- look, yeah, this is the whole point, Jordan, we're Slytherin. saying is that Will and I are from different areas of the world in, mm-hmm. in the U.S. We grew up in different places. We both know... This shared aspect of the fact that Slytherin and Ravenclaw became the most popular houses, and that and that Gryffindor was like garbage because Gryffindor are stubborn stubborn assholes. 
Like that, that is what ended up happening. And we both have the same idea because somewhere on the internet, all of these people who at that point didn't have huge access to the internet somehow came together and all went, hey, Ravenclaw and Slytherin are the fucking best. And then Hufflepuff literally has no No, Hufflepuff's great. We like Hufflepuff. They didn't write anything about them. There's nothing about them. But then within, as people became within uh, within that community, more yeah. uh socially active hufflepuff actually did gain a massive popularity status oh, yeah. because as i've told you before jordan explicitly in the books hufflepuff as a character is the only founder who says i'll just let anyone who has magic into the school yeah. so that ethic of inclusivity hard work and loyalty became an emblem of social justice for people so hufflepuff did rise even though it's not even in the book that much it's yeah. like these little things that pe- the internet probably is a fucking big piece it's, of that, it's, yeah, I think. it's it is the internet and because it's yeah. clear that like you and i who were parts of these things and interacted with them in a different way had that jordan was not because i've had this discussion about his like the slytherin thing and that he still thought slytherin was a negative force and i was like absolutely not all my friends That's are slytherin wrong, they're the best okay. We, no, we I have thought, had this conversation. No, I remember that. I did not think that it's a negative force outside of what she wrote. When I say oh, yeah. that Slytherin is evil, I'm not referring to how people accepted it. I'm referring to specifically what she wrote. Yeah, so I when just... you say, I, well, Jordan I, thought it was evil. No. No, no, no. I didn't think. I know it's evil based on what she wrote. <laughs> uh, well, it was, it was a perception of how you thought about it that I was interpreting that for me, Slytherin Slytherin has never been what she said. Slytherin has been the fucking best. And I think that's where we kind of see this huge difference is. So full disclosure, I didn't like, so I watched the movies mostly like I read the first few, then I watched from the rest on, I watched the movies as a kid, but I didn't like truly dive into the books until adult age. And mm-hmm. so reading as an adult and just not having that same kind of connection to it through the internet, through other communities and groups, just reading the books, you see a different story laid out than how people accept it and have um, kind of created what they want. The transformative. From. Yeah. And that, the that's transformative fandom space. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but that's what we're going to talk about on a later episode. Yeah. I, I do think there is an extreme difference from what is written and how it is portrayed versus how we have created yes. it for ourselves. Yeah. Like yes. Harry Potter, yes. I feel like is so much more diverse and fantastic in the internet space rather than what she wrote. What yeah. she yes. wrote is four houses, three don't, well, two don't matter. One is completely evil and one is completely good. She writes, like, that's kind of like I, what I was trying to say about the goblin. She writes very black and white. So, oh, yes, yes. there's this one big yes. evil goblin who is doing all these things. That That is specific to the goblin, and they're trying to create a black and white story rather than understanding what the issue is, is that by saying that there's this goblin rebellion led by a bunch of evil goblins they're kind of saying that all these goblins are either completely evil or blindly following evil rather than like this just being like one dude and so yes um we'll get to the other issues with it i i think that whether on purpose or accidentally using goblins was not the right way to go about this because goblins the way that she wrote it was very anti-semitic and whether that yeah, was story. based off of 
who what she believes or based off of the overall um, systemic issue with how Jewish people are portrayed in media. Regardless of that, it's very she wrote it and it was portrayed in the movies as very anti-Semitic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just just think that no matter what, like even if she had changed this out for like um like uh let's not say centaurs because they also have like a weird thing. Let's (laughs) say like giants, right? Let's say like the giants were like, uh, we want to have wands. Like we're the like it's just like totally switched out for giants. I still don't think that that would be a good ethic for the game to have. I still truly do think that's domination culture. And I, again, just find it so strange that, uh, you know, as I said before, I always feel like Harry Potter was aligned with the idea of like, well, that's bad. Like, you know, uh, in my logic, like if you, you know, years ago, if you told me that, I would be like, well, if obviously our character will align with the goblins, like we'll realize that they're not bad and like we'll try to help them and blah, 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 like, shit will be uncovered. It'll be a lot wider conspiracy. We'll pro- we're probably all puppets of a bigger machine, right? We'll turn this into a Bioware game, and you get a choice, but actually everybody chooses one option. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So- but, uh, yeah, because you get rewarded. But, like, instead, it's, like, the same thing of, like, if these people get power, we don't want to have power, they'll treat us like they're tr- like we're treating them. And it's like, uh, and, and, and we're aligned with that ethic in the game. Like, we believe that in the game as people who are fighting the goblins. And I don't think that's, that's cool. Like, no yeah. matter if it's anti-Semitic or not, it, it, it builds up. Like, that kind of thinking is literally the kind of thinking right now that's fueling white supremacy in America. It's like, so, they're going to replace us, and we're afraid of that. Because if they replace us, they'll treat us like we treated them. And that was awfully. You know? like, so it, it, this is all, like, shit that compounds, and it's just bad luck. I also think that this applies very well in a situation we could compare this to one J.R.O. Tolkien and what he did. And the fact is, is that in The Hobbit, the dwarves are very much Jewish stereotypes. Um, Now, in The Hobbit, in The Hobbit, now what happened after that is that Nazi Germany went, hey, we like your book. And he went, fuck you. (laughs) And then toned it down for The Lord of the Rings. Not saying he did the best of jobs. I can't comment on that. I'm not a specialist. I have a friend who is. She would be better equipped to handle that than me. But um, the fact is, is that he, in the time period and place that he was, went, absolutely, I'm not doing that, and then toned down the dwarves in in The Lord of the Rings. He also puts things in Lord of the Rings, uh, just like little details that are really sympathetic I think, like, would have read as sympathetic to Jewish people, especially during that time. Like, he talks about how, like, they can't go back home. And yeah. it's really hard for Gimli, and Gimli talks about that with Legolas, uh, quite, and, and with uh, the Hobbits quite a few times. It's, it's things like that that really showed a, a sympathy. It's, and, and, and that's what he did. Someone, po- someone pointed out, the bad guys pointed out, that, that he did something shitty, and he went, oh, fuck, and, and then tried to fix it, and tried to do, do better. And the fact is, is that she could have done that here. Everyone's pointed out that the goblins are racist stereotypes. Well, you could have done something different. I, I, you could I have, you could have cor- correct really quick. She couldn't have done anything because she was not part of the creation of the games. They could have, <laughs> which, which makes it even happen. worse <laughs> because they yeah. could have, they saw that and they could have. So I think the thing that I bothers me the most about this is this game is set in 1890, right? Understand? So the mm-hmm. goblins are in a position. Some of them agree with this evil guy because they also want wands and think that they should have more rights. And all that. This is set in 1890. Now we get to Harry Potter, which is set in 1990, 1991, I think. 
and yeah. the goblins are still in the same position. So yeah. over a hundred years, nothing has changed. And if you pay attention very closely, um, they do mention that there have been three different goblin rebellions throughout history. So there are multiple goblin rebellions and multiple uprisings. And maybe regardless of this evil dude who did his things, there was there's rebellions, there's this outcry, and yet nothing has changed at all. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger problem with it. But anyways, for the game's anti-Semitism, okay, yeah, goblins, tropes for Jewish people. Um, and then we also have things in this game, such as the little controversy that popped up where it's like the game contains that horn, which um, by fans has been said to resemble a Jewish, am I pronouncing this right? Shofar? 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 Yeah, that is right, yeah. Jordan. That was a really good pronunciation, I think. And, but in yeah. the lore description, it was, quote, used during the 1612 that. Goblin Rebellion to rally troops and generally annoy witches and wizards. Annoy witches and wizards, which is real shame. And so I think the thing that people, so some people are like, okay, well, it doesn't actually truly look that much like the Shofar, Shofar, ah, whatever. Um, and there's pushback on that, but I think the thing that stands out a little bit more is the date 1612. Um, yep. Yeah, that shit's uncanny as a motherfucker. Which, if coincidental <laughs> or not, um, the date 1612 also re uh, corresponds to the Fettmilk uprising in Germany. Um, which led to a pogrom. Leah, can you explain this? Pogrom. 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 A, a pogrom is a violent riot that uh, is incited uh, with the aim of massacring or expelling people from a city, um, usually uh, against an ethnic or religious group. Most of the time, this refers to Jewish people, and it has happened many times. Pogrom is specifically usually associated with killing. Or exiling Jewish people from a so city. This uprising that happened back in 1612. So it happened through 1612 through 1614, and it was a kind of uprising from uh, some German people who wanted, I guess, were upset about certain money lending things, certain prices, taxes, yeah. things like that, and they specifically blamed Jewish people. And so their goals were to. Um, as Leah said, try to expel Jewish people from Germany because of this um, different ideas of how money should be handled within the country. And yeah, so so this whole 1612, the horn that was in the game, the date that it was said during 1612 Goblin Rebellion, um, rally troops um, to annoy witches and wizards corresponds with this whole thing where there was a bunch of um, anti-Semites in Germany trying to expel Jews from the entire country. And kill them. And kill them, yes. Well, yeah. yes, that, that's part, that, that is part of, you know, the whole general expelling, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, and it, I mean, it's happened throughout history, and I think that it's this weird uh, part of history that we're not taught. A whole lot is the fact that like just forever Jews uh, like I'll tell you guys a, a short story not to get off base but like after my grandmother died she, she left me all of her books and my grandmother one of the only things that we ever disagreed with uh, not to get you guys shown to the hotspot was like Zionism like my grandmother was very, was very much a Zionist and that was always so strange to me 
because she was so liberal in every other way. Like, when she died, she left a significant amount of money to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And I was like, Grandma, like, what the fuck? Like, you're not into a two-state solution. She was just into the idea. She was super into the idea of, like, Israel as a place for the Jews, just, like, inherently. And I was like, Grandma. After she died, uh, she left me all of her books, and I read quite a lot of them. And most of them were about Jewish history, uh, both, like, novels and nonfiction. As you read these books, you just see time and time again that Jews have this massive history of just being expelled. Like, we were just constantly being expelled from everywhere. We really didn't have a place to settle. We were always being either told to leave or murdered or both. And it got to a point where I read so much of it. I never got to a point where I was like, I get Zionism. But I did understand the PTSD that is fueling it. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I was like... The generational okay. trauma. Yes. And of just being like, Jesus Christ, we never have a place. Now, I feel personally that America is the place of the Jews. And I'll be damned if they take that away. Like, we fucking made the movies in this country. And those movies made this country what it is. Along with, like, fucking people of color. And also, yeah. like, some pretty tenacious ladies. So, like, don't fucking try to take that shit away from us. Uh, you know, I think that we settled here pretty, pretty fucking good, and they're trying to fucking stop that, because they're like, it's just like Germany, when Nazism took over, like, Germany was actually chilled with the Jews before that, they were one of the only places in Europe for quite a period of time, but yeah, I, I, I just think that it, 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 it continuously happens, and we're just not aware of that, historically, as a culture, and I think for this game to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, there's just uprising, and then there's, like, all these, just to throw these dates in, is so weird, it's like, how did this happen, it's and it's so not specific. only a matter, it's so specific, and, uh, the reason I say, like, we're not, you know, taught this history is because it's like, when we look at this, we're like, that's weird, that's strange. How did this happen? Can that be a coincidence? But there's also this real, like, uh, just as a Jewish person, like, not to be emotional or anything, but there really is, like, a hurt there of, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, like, what the fuck? Like, uh, it's, why, like, this is happening again. Like, this is very significant, you know? It is. Uh, and up. and the, the, like, which is funny because, as you said, the U.S. is probably the most pro-Jewish country of m most countries existing currently. Yes! It's very pro-Jewish culture, but also is very uneducated about it. The fact that pogrom is an actual word, and it's generally, as someone who has studied history, it is generally just associated with being Jewish. How about the fact that um, I have fr family and friends who are from Egypt, and guess what? They kicked all the Jews out of Egypt in the 50s. Um... Uh, there's this this continual that the Jewish has multiple waves of diaspora. The Jewish diaspora right. refers to multiple waves of being forced to move to different places. That that it just this occurs repeatedly throughout history. Is 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 just a like it's it, it boggles my mind that people don't realize this like displacement is is inherently a part of uh, a part of ethnic. Jewish identity of the fact that we that we get such a collection of different like heritage values and like different ed like you just look at the diversity in food and stuff like that and it's yeah yeah and there is still anti-Semitism in America definitely and I, I'm just gonna say I think quite a bit of that has come from the fact that often 
people see Jewish people in community with people of color, especially black people, and often being like, we'll help you. And I think people who want to uphold white supremacy do not fucking like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that, like, people see Jews now with the, uh, like, bit of whiteness we've been able to attain. We're often seen as, like, race traitors to that whiteness, which we've been gifted, like, on a very shaky basis, by the way. So, yeah. like, don't fucking talk to them. And Jews are like, I'm going to talk to them. And then it's like, you mouthy motherfuckers, you control the banks. Yeah. Like, and so it's, I think it's like a lot of that shit. Keeping white supremacy going, tugging along. So really quick to kind of summarize before I go into the next part of my notes is the the things that this game has been called out for were for um, anti-Semitic tropes surrounding the way that goblins are portrayed both in the movies, books, and the game. Um, and also this weird, the, the horn and the fact that, like, not, not, it resembles, and some people say it doesn't, whatever, but the fact that the horn also has the date 1612, which is close correspondence to the, the um, uprising date. And again, even if this is somehow coincidental, that is very weird. But there's some a lot of underlying tones of anti-Semitism throughout the game that kind of leads people to be like, what the hell? Especially after this was already called out when the movies and then also the books were um, at the top of the mainstream. So it's like... We we had a chance, like, and that this is a thing that I've talked to many people about that kind of bothers me about it. It's like we had a chance after J.K. Rowling has done some pretty awful things over the last few years. We had a chance to kind of rewrite that and put a new view on Harry Potter to kind of get away with from that. But what we have done is kind of tack on some band-aids and then just continue with a different problematic set of yeah. tropes within yeah. it. So. That, 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 that is what I, I call the issue. So I guess the next part I say is like the defenders of the game kind of have stated that J.K. Rowling herself has been a defender of the Jewish community and has condemned um, anti-Semitism publicly multiple different times. And that even the, um, what was it? Did I write this in? Oh, yeah. UK's campaign against anti-Semitism um, is kind of sides with her on that, saying that it's and I quote, is a testament more to centuries of Christendom's anti-Semitism than it is to malice by contemporary artists. So it is with J.K. Rowling, who has proven herself over recent years to be tireless defender of the Jewish community. So they're saying that ah. her writing of it in the way that it is portrayed is the overall systemic issue in feeding into the systemic issue rather than her having a personal um, issue against it. I don't know and cannot speak to what is inside J.K. Rowling's heart, but what I can right, say that's the thing, right? Yeah. What we have seen, there are issues within it, and like you guys said with um, Tolkien, there was a change when he was told, "Oh yeah, this is fucked up." But with J.K. Rowling and especially this game to come out years after Harry Potter was released, um, hold on. So the movie came out in 2010, and, oh, sorry, the Deathly Hallows movie, the one that, like, really gets flack for it, and the book came out a couple years before that, or wait, no, the movie didn't come out in 10, do you think the movie came out in 14? Yes. No. Nope. Right. No. That might be it, right. It, 
Was I right? I don't know. I was Hold in on. college, I remember. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Book came out in seven in and movie Chicago. came out in ten. Book came out seven, movie came yeah, out in ten. I'm like, we weren't in university. I yeah, remember yeah. that because I, I was part of that thing. I messed up. Okay, book came out in seven, movie came out in ten. So, but yeah. Yeah, the movie. Still, so it has cool. been, well, since development started, it has have been about a decade since the issues with this so you would think there would be a some sort of change or maybe a lesson of these tropes or some some way of changing the way that they're shown visibly or like how these things relate to those tropes but there wasn't and i think that's more of the issue especially the issue that a lot of people are having is like why are we still doing this also why a rebellion like why? What? That's what bothers me. Or really, not even have uh, the goblins. Just have dark wizards yeah, doing yeah. crap. <laughs> no, but like the thing is, is that generally, and this this is what I haven't mentioned yet, is that bothers me is the use of the word rebellion in this case because currently yeah. what we associate with rebellions tends to be act of terrorism. Yes. That is currently the association that exists. We tend to call things, even when they are legitimate rebellions, acts of terrorism. This this is this is what goes through our minds now and what media has generally conditioned us to be. I'm like, hello, read even the most liberal of newspapers talking about Hong Kong and you notice a change in their language to support the Chinese government. And the, it, it, it's just like, this was a choice. This was a choice for a storytelling and you did not even need to use an uprising. You didn't need to, need to use the goblins. You didn't need to have it be a fucking uprising against wizards. You could have just thrown more dark wizards at us, and I'm pretty sure everybody would have been slightly happier. Because humans are the worst. Anyways, like, why why can't we just have be like, oh yeah, humans are the worst. Like, that would have been easy. And but I th- they didn't. And I, and I think, and again, I don't know 100% what is in the <sighs> game. Maybe there are, like, kind of an understanding between the humans and goblins that are not this one evil goblin, but that becomes an issue itself, but hold hold on. But, like, I don't know what is in the game to say. Maybe there are moments where there is understanding that we need better rights for goblins. Maybe there's not. But I think it does continue to feed in of this kind of white supremacist narrative that the humans need to be ruling over the other magical creatures. That they can't have wands because if they get wands they'll become too powerful or whatever it may be but there is this idea that the humans need to rule over and the way that can translate to me is that it's a white supremacy thing where it's like the white people need to rule over the other like we can't let others have more rights and that is how some people can sorry was there an issue with what i said no, I was absolutely agreeing because okay, I was just thinking through. I was thinking through my head of like, yeah, if you give women rights, what are if you give women the right to vote, then yeah, what are you, what yeah. are they gonna do with but, it? But, it's just like, really, and it's like, oh yeah, well, if we allow black people to attend the same schools that white people attend, what's gonna happen with that? And this we've seen these things are oh, if we allow trans people to use the same bathrooms, like, like this whole thing where it's like we need to keep the narrative so that white people are. At, on the top and i think that kind of can be translated as such some people can just see it as a fun story and i you know what i think that's great if you could just look at this and be oh this is just a fun story about goblins this is this that's you're in a privileged position but it also others watching especially to people who are minorities people who have been depressed see this it's kind of like yikes there are issues here yeah and i mean in a way uh the whole idea of who can have wands? You know, uh, only wizards can have wands. Like, 
that in of itself uh, harkens back at the very least, if it's not just literally this, it at least, you know, re is referencing and in keeping. With this, like, white supremacist ideal of human, who counts as a human? Who yeah. counts as a full human? Who's human enough to get these rights? And who's not human enough to get these other ones? So, goblins, even if it's not defined as human, if they're not using that same language, it's still a system that works downwards it goes okay witches and wizards are the most human they're the most uh willing let's 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 replace that with wands right i don't want mm -hmm. it to be like some new speak stuff but it's like well let's not replace it with wands because getting a wand is a privilege you get as a human right yeah it's not being so humans uh, uh, wizards and witches they're humans they're good they're they get full rights uh but then after that you get like down so it's like now then you get like werewolves right yeah. They're not as human, because now they're augmented witches and wizards, because they got the werewolf shit. But you still get a wand, as long as you mind your business. You're still kind of a human, but you don't get full human rights, but you get kind let of, a, like, you get a wand. Let alone the fact that werewolves are basically an equivalent of AIDS survivors. Let's... Right, which she said explicitly, BT Dubs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but then you get to, like, these other races... Like the goblins, the house elves, the centaurs, which the centaurs themselves in the books bring this up as an issue, and they bring up the fact that they're like, this is all your fucking system, dude. Like, we're fucking higher. We don't go on your system. Like, so to us, like, you're fucking backwards. They are all lesser. They are not as human as a werewolf, and they're certainly not as human as a witch or a wizard. And that means they'll be goddamned if the ministry gives them a wand. Because if you're not that modicum of human, you don't get a wand. And if you're not that modicum of human, you don't get to vote. It's that same shit. And I, I, I don't care for that shit. I don't like that it's being perpetuated. I thought that yep. Harry Potter and the entire first series was about bringing that down. Yep. But it, I guess it wasn't. Like, because we're still doing this. I think that you see this. I, I think you see some of this, too. You really see a, a good illustration of how these rights, who, how human you're considered, and how dangerous, like how animal you are, and opposed to be, how dangerous, how yep. safe you are, and also how those rights being taken away from you really can just destroy your entire life, uh, starting from education all the way up to just what you can be and what you're told. I think we see that illustrated with Hagrid. Haggard was somebody who was given a wand, um, though a little tentatively, because he's a half-giant. Uh, though he was raised by his father, he's a human, so that's, you know, that human upbringing, you know, he's got a wizard father, so kind of it's okay. He was then framed for a crime, uh, which he was very easily scapegoated for, because he was in that minority position. And his punishment was to take away his wand. Haggard can't use a wand anymore. This, not only, they also didn't let him go to Hogwarts anymore. His education stopped at that moment. So he didn't even have the capacity to learn further magic, um, as an adult can. This takes away Hagrid's ability not only to use a weapon, but also to create, to make things, to make food, to have a job outside of Hogwarts, to be able to transport himself around. Hagrid cannot uh, apparate. He can also not use a broom very well. Uh, these, he's too big, but, like, that's neat. They could make a big broom for him, I never understood. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Hagrid is incredibly impaired by the fact that his humanity is literally stripped away from him. Because they judge him as being unsafe by an action on somebody else. That he's not even guilty for. 
and we see that that affects his life. Uh, I, I, and so these wands, you know, it, it is, I think you could equate it to gun rights, but also it's just really being able to be a person in society to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Considering the fact that how much the Wizarding World eschews muggle anything. Like, yeah. there's been a bunch of jokes recently on TikTok of this woman doing, like, Hermione if she was actually, like, real and the fact that she's a muggle and, like, talking about all those things. And that's been funny, but it's true. It's this whole point of, like, they eschew it so much and relegate, even, even treat Arthur Weasley, like, shit because he like smuggle stuff and it's like so if you don't follow Hagrid can't be a part of muggle society because of who he is and he can't be a part of wizarding society That's because right. they've taken away his ability to do so. That's right. Yeah. Because they see him as dangerous and not as much of a person even though in the book we're told repeatedly both in the narrative and through Harry that Hagrid is the sweetest person that harry has in his life he's the least dangerous person and he's also one of the most empathetic uh, he really understands things and he really is one of the only people who takes harry's safety and happiness into account throughout the whole thing Literally so it, one it's of the only people who takes <laughs> well, yeah. dumbledore's just like let's throw him to the wolves that's right and the fact is the dumbledore basically had had the power to help hagrid <laughs> only helped him as far as it helped himself yeah. also we later learned that Hagrid wasn't guilty for that crime we can't give my yeah. dude a wand now later in life he can learn yeah. some of that magic go back to school my guy no, 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 yeah. he lives no. there no, yeah I know well why would we do that no, 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 no. his life is already trashed like that dude's life is already trashed um, it's on his record and therefore uh, yeah can't vote um, anyways <laughs> 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 so I guess I'm kind of wrapping up with my material, but the things I do have, I kind of I've kind of said this, but already throughout the episode, but I, I have a couple big thought points on it, and then I can get to you guys and what you think about the whole issue, controversy, etc. But one, my first further thought is band-aids don't make further issues go away. And I think that um what they did with the addition of a trans character and um, some of the other like small things that they did to try to like like fix J.K. Rowling's like her hateful rhetoric in order to oh well now we have a trans character and oh we hired a trans person to kind of um, consult on this. I think those are just band-aids, and I don't think they fix the further issue. I think we put a trans character in there, but like you said. It, they could have had any cool job or had a huge role in the game, but they were yeah. the most side of side characters. He did the thing, guys. He said <laughs> he the show said. title. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't think that they truly address any of the issues surrounding J.K. Rowling other than trying to further themselves from her. I, I, I don't think that, that it really is anything more than a band-aid. It's like the thing of like, oh yeah, well, we've been called racist, let's have a black guy in this movie. And then, like, what what does that truly do? Um, a thing that I know that some people are getting bad over um, people's disagreement with J.K. Rowling and also with the game itself, but I think a thing they could have done in order to truly do something about the horrible rhetoric is donate some of the money that they make from the game to help 
trans people out, but really they just put a trans character, slapped a bandaid on and said that's enough, and then nothing else. The other thought that I had about it is this defense that I keep seeing is, oh, it's just this one evil goblin. And even I opened up the thing by explaining who this evil goblin is. I do not think that being like, oh, yeah, it's just one of them. He's just the bad guy. He, he's not one of the good ones. I do not think that really does anything other than to further separate um, these things in our minds and still create, well, well, if there was this one evil goblin, who's going to be the next evil goblin type thing? And I, I think this whole idea of hashtag not all goblins really doesn't do anything about the further narrative. Because I did read on multiple occasions, it's like, oh, well, there's other good goblins that you interact with. I, I don't think that really helps. Um, but Oh, you're, you're a, a good black man. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what goes through my head. That, well, yeah, that was literally what was going through my head. Um, uh, but but I, I, I guess the, the, the thing that bothers me the most about it is because, like, yes, we, oh, it's just this one evil guy, but it's a game that focuses on stopping this rebellion, and it works. You do stop the spell. Goblins in later media do not have wands, do not have, Don't have rights, wands. are still seen as being greedy and gross and bad. So nothing really changed. Regardless of there being good goblins in this game, the overall narrative of goblins in the universe of Harry Potter is still pretty anti-Semitic. Yeah, you're not like, and also you're obviously not like, wow, goblins should have wands. I should do something about that as I grow. In wizard society, like, because like, we don't, like you say, like goblins don't have wands. No, they don't. In Harry Potter, yeah, they like, don't. They don't. So obviously still, that didn't yeah. work. There's been no progress. They're still just working at the bank. It's like when you really think about the life of the goblins, like they, they are getting a raw deal. It's like they're supposed to serve the wizards and do this job that evidently, like the wizards, kind of can't do for themselves because they fuck each other over too much. I would presume. And like, they can't count and haven't learned to count because none of them take a goddamn math class the entire time they're at Hogwarts. Well, and also like I think you need goblin, um, like I think you need goblin, um, like safes and shit because wizards will just use magic. Like goblins have magic that wizards can't fuck with as easily, and I think that wizards just open their own bank. Wizards would just fuck with each other too much, which is also kind of a fucked up like ethic and moral, but whatever. But like wizard, like goblins are just supposed to mine all these guys' gold while they don't get shit. Like that's not fair. Like I don't like that. Like yeah, exactly. Like they're just supposed to do this job while they don't get like anything. Like that's not. I don't. It's just like I don't understand why that's not being fixed within the universe. But like you said, like we keep going back to. Obviously, it was not. So obviously, there can't even be. I keep almost like in my heart of hearts, like uh, there's like Stockholm syndrome. Like I keep being like, well, maybe. If I watched a walkthrough of the game, there would be moments where our character, like I said, is like, oh shit, like, goblins should have wands. Like, that's uncool. But, like, no, it can't be, because... You're putting down a that it, Right, and, and yeah. even if your character yourself is like, damn, like, I like goblins, it's like, obviously that didn't take wind. Like, yeah. obviously everyone else was like, it was, it's like the same, then it's like, the, at best, it's like the same thing as Hermione. Where it's like, whatever, weirdo, like, you have these weird political thoughts about how, like, people should have rights. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. And it, yeah, I Too think... Too progressive. I think... I think the thing I, think I just keep sense. on thinking about is, who the fuck wrote this? 
Who wrote I this? am so fucking curious. See, this is my thing, is like, how the fuck did this happen? Because Warner Brothers, yeah. to me, is not like an anti-Semitic company. Like, I'm not like, oh, Warner Brothers up to their old tricks again. So I'm like, who the fuck got in and was like, I'm, I'm gonna do this shit? Like, I'm like, whoever that person is, they should not be writing this again, or writing a game again, ever. Um, and um, Moira I, Squire and Janice Davis. I, or or whoever is the, or if it was an exec who said, "Hey, I want to do a Goblin Rebellion," and they were forced to write it. I don't care. It was not a, it was not the right choice. And I just generally am like, just don't support the game. Don't buy it. No one buy it. Don't I, buy it. So so I don't have varying it. opinions on what you just said. I I I I, I do. I, I I I don't truly truly know. I think I think yes, there are issues. And I think that if there is someone who has loved Harry Potter their entire life and like see like looks at the game because like I have like there's there's been issues throughout with like oh yeah there's glitches here there's this there's that but overall like it does a very good job of capturing the world and I think if you are a person who has been in love with Harry Potter and like you want to experience the world without JK, all of J.K. Rowling's, like, horrible dark cloud over it, I do think that, like, playing the game is, is fine. I think that um, wanting to play the game doesn't make you an anti-Semite or a transphobe, but I also think that going into it, you need to be aware of those issues. The thing that... I agree that not playing, wanting to play the game because you've had a love for it is okay, but the but the problem is, is that if people can be buying the game, this is the, buying the only, yeah, it'll keep happening because this is the only effective means we have as a user base to be able to show our unhappiness in a way that actually registered with these fucking capitalist pigs, because that's what they are, uh, is to not buy it. And that seems to be the only effective means of showing anything. As we've learned this year from Wizards of the Coast and Netflix... That's the only thing that works, is is the finance, because that's the system we live in currently. And unfortunately, for me, currently, that, that means please just don't buy the game. Because, <laughs> like, this is coming out more and more. Like, hello, the New York Times? We gotta talk about that for a second? Uh, it's, it's, why? Why? Um, why? I guess, I guess so, what I was gonna say is, like, in that, I mean, there's another option, though. You know, this there was a show that we talked about on an episode. Maybe it's episode comes out before that or not. But it was, our flag means death. It was about pirates and stuff. I don't know how pirates and um, this whole situation, oh, yeah. um, how that combines. And I would never be like, oh yeah, you should be a pirate. But like, pirates are cool. Um, anyways, wink. Um, just saying. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> But I, I I don't I don't know because like I said it's like there there's a lot of rhetoric around it I don't think that wanting to play the Harry Potter game makes you the devil and I know that's like something that a that's lot of people that's not what I'm saying yeah no and I don't think that's what you are saying but I know a lot of people are like oh anybody plays this is blah 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 and they hate trans people I don't think that's true I think that we need to with everything in media, like we've talked about on the show before, we need to go into it, understanding the issues, understanding that where our money is going if we do buy this game, understanding that and um, speak out about it and do what we can about it. But 
yeah, the, the media is problematic, but I don't think wanting to play a Harry Potter game, unless you are just playing it to be a country and to say, screw the nerds who are bad about it, um, I don't think that makes you a bad person. But yeah, it does have its issues. And I and I think it is a complicated thing because like, like you are 100% right. Buying the game does support the idea that this is successful and there this can get perpetuated. Maybe next time will be better. Maybe next time will be way worse. We cannot tell. But the people at the top making the money don't care either way. And buying the game supports I mean, that. Uh, for, for me, I think, and I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but for me, honestly, after all of these years, of not only J.K. Rowling, but just everything that has happened and the way that, you know, we have, like, uh, you know, people in this country we've talked about throughout this white supremacy, active, naked white supremacy is on the rise. People who are in uh, sympathy with Russia in America are on the rise. Uh, with all of that, you know, transphobia and racism and awful fascist shit that they are doing with Putin. Yeah. Um, we're just seeing some really fucked up things happening in America right now. And I think that we need to start, you know, with some of this stuff. I'm not saying that if you play the game, you're a bad person. Or if you want to play the game, you're a bad person. I will say this, though, I think that it is time for all of us who do this kind of work to start really considering the fact that at this point in time, J.K. Rowling might be a fascist asset. And I think we really need to throw that out as a thing. I mean, J.K. Rowling, we're seeing this massive media figure with a massive platform, massive amount of money, and massive amount of active power. Uh, She's been activated. We know this. She's been activated by fascist forces. She's supporting LGBT... G- uh, LGB alliance uh she is which like uh you know uh trans like re- uh you know good trans organizations like mermaid are currently taking to court she yeah. promotes misinformation yes, uh yes, she yes. says nothing against any of the other social issues going on today in the world when they are actively harming others Sh- she was activated through this turf thing to fascism. She is now meeting, as I said before, with the people who are openly quoting Mein Kampf, who are saying, I'm going to quote Mein Kampf right now, and this is happening. If this massive media presence has been activated as a fascist asset, we need to be exceedingly aware of that. And one of the ways that, unfortunately, as fun as this game might be to play, we need to be aware of that is by not giving that fascist asset money. Because right now, as we speak, not only is it funding... I mean, right now, this is fucked up because right now the game's already sold so well that she's probably like, yay, you know, because people don't give a fuck. I've won! And it's like, because of the media, though, it also negates the thing that the media says about how, like, you know, she's been attacked and how she's not what she used to be and all this shit. But at this point, she is going to use that money, that substantial amount of money, to fund her homeless shelter that she's going to open, which will not allow trans people into it, who are some of the highest rated people who have to deal with being unhomed. So this is going into real fascist projects. This homeless shelter is a fascist project. It has actual impact. Yes. 
Yes, very much so. It's 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 a fascist project that we need to attend to. It's a fascist project in the same way we need to attend to the fascist project of Cop City in Atlanta, in the same way we need to attend to the fascist uh, project of uh, anti-Asian sentiment that's been spreading since COVID. All of these things. And I, I really do feel, and again, I, I don't want to incite, any, oh no, you know, but the fact of the matter is, as I said before, I think that J.K. Rowling really has become a fascist asset. She really is someone with a high media pr- platform who people respect. She's able to change minds and hearts. She has a lot of money to put into projects, and she is aligning herself with these people. So this is troubling. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I And I mean, I guess to a point, I, I'm going to change what I say, but like I, I – I, I think it is very, very complicated. I think I also uh, I agree with what you're saying because in turn she makes money off of residuals for this and then she makes a, she has the potential to make a project like the um, homeless shelter or literal propaganda because that's what some of the stuff that she has been right. writing of recent can be um, down. So she has the money to continue to make media that will end up um, inciting violence against people. So I, I guess, in all, what I think is like, like, I guess, and what 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 should we do then as fans of the game, like, as people who do want to play the game, but they also don't want to support that? Like, what happens next? I agree with Will on this front. I also think part of the thing is is that the Harry Potter fandom is one of the largest fandoms in the world. Which also thus means it has the most media in the world. You want more Harry Potter content? Go read some fan fiction. I'm sorry. I'm having a moment where I'm just like, there are other ways to not support mm-hmm. an active fascist than 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 taking in this game. And I'm not saying that you don't want to play the game because I've had number numerous friends be like, man, I really wish I could play the game. I can't because they won't buy it because this is supporting something that's bigger. And sometimes we, I think we just got to resist at this moment of being like, it's not, it's not, it's not worth the, the, the risk it has for also increasingly destabilizing the fandom that people love Mm -hmm. to continue investing in something like this. It's, it feels like to me by still supporting her in the face of this and still supporting this, this the people who made this who obviously have some anti-semitic issues to work out uh that it's it's destroying a fandom that has done so well to reform the shit that she's pushed out that has done a good job of saying that let's go against dominant culture and let's work for like together to create something wonderful and it's just like there there are times when i don't know there I, would are other say, I think i would also say like if you really want to play the game like i understand like i you know i'm curious like what happens in it you know you know like what's going on but like i think at a certain point like we have to ask ourselves like what did we like about harry potter True. and will that still be there you know, like, will that still be in the game? And can it still be in the game in a way? Because if we did all interpret this incorrectly as one body, 
And now she's broken that spell. Will the spell be broken? Like, now will we not be able to reinterpret all the stuff in this game to be, like, good old Harry Potter teaching me the same old lessons that I needed? Or new lessons, you know? Like, uh, so I don't don't know. And I I think that also just, in a way, it just kind of comes down to, I don't want to be a hard ass about it, but at a certain point, it's just like, come on, man, like, it's a game. You know, it's like, you know, I I really do feel like uh, as, you know, someone... I don't know, uh, like, I would never hold it against someone who wanted to play it, I guess, but I, you know, like, with totally good intentions, like, but I also have had some, like, thoughts recently, and, like, this isn't directed at anyone, but it is a little disheartening to see the people around me look at somebody who, at best, like sees me as like a victim or someone who might be mentally ill or like someone who is just living in like a delusion and at worst is like a predator whose very presence as an identity and as a just thing that exists in the world like that I did not choose and don't have control over is eroding something like fundamental and that, like, people like me just, like, shouldn't exist. Like, some of these TERFs have said, like, not only do they not want more trans people to be produced, but they would like for all trans people to detransition because they just don't think inherently trans people in the world is a good thing. They see us as sick people. They see us as, a, at best, people who are deformed and need fixing, whether that means becoming cis or becoming as cis-looking as possible through medical treatments when we are old enough to finally consent to that somehow because we're mentally ill enough that we need that or whatever. Um, and it really, you know, that's a long-winded way of saying that, like, when you look at all of that, it, it, it's a little hurtful to me that people could see somebody say all that about people like me and then look at a game and go, no, man, I just don't know. I don't you. know which is, like, more important to me, like... This yeah. game really is based on a series of books that I really liked as a kid. And, like, you're my buddy, but game yeah. that's based on books about Little Wizard. And I'm like, I love The Little Wizard, too. The Little Wizard has made me not kill myself several times in my life, to be quite candid. But, like, I'm a real person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a guy, you know. It's a pr- position of privilege, too, which yeah. I know we many people freak out about that now which i'm like really um and it's that it's that idea that if you could go in and you're like well i have to make this choice between choosing not to get this game or um or play this game and this because it doesn't impact you well everyone who is impacted by this who is jewish or trans might be deeply impacted by this game you should probably think about that in your choice of the game. And can you make the choice to not take in this game? Yeah. Because of that. Because yeah. it is affecting real world people. And, and and as I said, like one of the things well you said is that it's it's this it's nostalgia. Which yeah. nostalgia is actually one of the most powerful like producers of like, you know, happy thoughts for us. That's why millennials particularly tend to like go for nostalgia. Yeah. Gives us, it gives us happiness boots. And what happens with that then is that we are trying to look for that again. Gonna be honest, you have you would have better luck in fanfiction spaces and other transformative fandom spaces to find that nostalgia hit than this game. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, and she makes no money off of that. And I, and I guess that it does really come down to, like, 
it's it, at the end of the day, it's a game. It really is. And what's more important is the people that it could potentially hurt and the people that are going to make money off of it to continue to hurt people. And at the end of the day, it's a game. And yeah. sometimes you got to like, drop, drop your desire to play the game in order to, I guess, do the right thing universally morally. Well, I think that it's interesting that, like, and this is no judgment on people, but I do find it interesting that, like, we're much more willing, like, even for just, like, cis gay rights to, like, drop things than, yeah. like, uh, for trans stuff. And then and we can go into this, I don't know, uh, like, if you guys want to, but, like, from there, like, we can go into, like, the media shit. Like, I think a lot of that has to do with the media. I really do think yeah. that, like, oh, the yeah. media is so good at, like, just, like, delegitimizing, like, trans issues, and just continuously has a way of talking about trans people that, in trying to be, like, both-sided, is constantly leaving the door open in a way that is sometimes even gaslighting and strange for trans people to be like, is this real? Yeah. And that is, like, super damaging. Like, I think one of the most damaging narratives we have right now is... This trans thing might not even be real, right? Like, this is just, like, a fad. Like, this is just, yeah. like, something that, like, came out of nowhere and it was kind of not a thing until, like, 20 years ago and now oh my... it might be a thing in 20 years. Oh, my God. Kids are becoming trans because their friends are. Well, and it's also, like, as I said before, it's it's obviously just a whitewashing of history because we've always seen trans people in media just, like, not portrayed well. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say being trans is a new thing in the past 20 years when you're also you've been laughing at ace ventura for the past 40 like we were here we were just your joke oh yeah and hello louisa may alcott let's you know throw in right. some trans and, and, like erasure and, hmm. and the whole idea really when you like really start to get down to it i don't mean to harp on this too much but it's like this idea that trans people are a new thing uh, that, you know, we don't have this idea, it's this new idea, now everyone has to learn about transness, everyone has to learn about gender non-conforming, this is all based in white supremacy, it's all western gender ideas, it's all this idea that all this shit is inherent, it, yep. and it all, con- it's, it, it, so it's like, all of this stuff isn't, we, we say, like, this is objective, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just... It, yeah, we could go on for ages because yeah, I uh, there's also like this idea and this ever revolving door that people think science is everything, and it's like, hey, right. even I learn now that scientists in the past ten years have basically found out new things about DNA that we didn't know yeah. before, well, yeah, I mean, and it's science not, is it's well, yeah. it's, and it's also like, I'm not talking about like, oh, they found new bits of DNA, what they do. No, I'm talking that the things they thought they knew that were definite about DNA, like theories that were set in stone, are no longer true. DNA isn't just particulate, which means that it comes in little chunks. It actually can be in multiple chunks the same thing, which is like the, one of the founding things that these people who tend to do stuff about it's all biology tend to be like, yeah, it's because it's it's in this one section of your DNA. No, it's not. It's it's in multiple sections. Sorry, we got it wrong. Anyways, sorry. A little sidetrack, but uh, it just flows. How, how yeah. dare you give us new information? Mm. No, Leah. I, no. I, I think, for me, it's complicated, but I think at the end of the day, well, my own thought, I, I was never going to play the freaking game because, like, I have too many people that I know that it hurts. Um, 
And but I, I I don't know. It's like like I said, for the people who genuinely like want to like check it out, I don't know what to say to you other than think about it first. Really think about what this means first before diving into the game. But it it is it's it's a complicated thing when the person you like has done something heinous and i've had to live through it many times most times i just drop everything it's like okay i guess i just am not gonna check any new material from it out and maybe that's what you have to do but yeah hogwarts legacies guys any final thoughts will's give it a look you good i'm just like oh i'm having a lot of final thoughts Look, you can filibuster, please don't, but you can filibuster. <laughs> I will go for as long as I... No, <laughs> 12 uh... hours later, Will's like, well, in the next thing about Hogwarts Legacy, it's like, how are we still here? I mean, it's a fascinating thing, I mean, when you really look at it, because when... It's like, again, like, I'm, I'm putting these puzzle pieces together, and I have been for many, many years. And this is all a part of a much wider... <laughs> puzzle, which is the uh, puzzle of fascism and white supremacy within America. Um, But it really is, when you look at it, in a way, this kind of fascinating story of this woman, she writes this book, and that book influences an entire, not an entire, you know, gender, but uh, uh, most of the people who read that book, who are big fans, which was a significant portion of a generation from that book, internalized lessons that are uh, vehemently anti-fascist and radically accepting. Um, yeah. They then adopted actions that reflected that. Years later, the creator of that book series is activated as a fascist media piece. And the people who respond to that like the, a lot the, a lot of the people in the generation that she would be the perfect fascist media piece like a- asset to be because she's not like extreme right and she's so beloved you've loved her since you were a child and now she kind of starts to slowly add these turf things she's liking things now she's saying things now it's super extreme it's good for brainwashing except yes. for the fact somehow her book even if she didn't mean it to be has primed her audience to not respond to fascist rhetoric and also be able to, for a majority, like not a majority, maybe not a majority, but for a wide amount of them, of us, be able to easily spot it because we think to ourselves at the very least, that sounds like some deaf eater shit. Yeah. So it's a fascinating pull. It's like they thought, I think they were activating a very powerful asset, but then it's kind of in a way backfired yeah so it's an interesting dynamic and as she gains power it's interesting to see how off the real whale she gets it's interesting to see it illuminate all these past things in her work which then does make uh, at least me go back and like as i've said you know wonder you know how much of this was really lesson she wanted to teach and how much wasn't i mean I don't know her whole story. I mean, from from the start, I said like this is wild. She could have become like the she could have done nothing and become one of the most respected authors yeah. in history, and she has just uh, eclipsed that with all of this stuff. And we'll see what it becomes. I mean, will Joe become even more radical? We have to see. She's pretty radicalized already. She's what's she's... the farther point? 
Yeah, she's she's no longer a children's author. Spoken in the same sentence as people like Ursula Le Guin and J.R. Tolkien. She is a turf. Yeah. I mean, and, you're not wrong. And, that's what she is. Well, and here's another just here's another she's quick dynamic too. Just really quick here is that that means now who are those books for in a way? I mean, I'm not saying people won't read Harry Potter, right? There's always going to be moderate people who are like, "What? Turf? What's that?" I don't know. Like Harry Potter's for kids, whatever. <laughs> but those people, I think also are people who are more likely to be like, "Oh, there's a new person at my work. I hear they're trans. They're pretty nice. I guess trans people are nice." Um, you know, cuz they're just kind of not they're too busy or they're not paying attention whatever. But the thing about it is that people who are primed for fascism, who's that group? Who's that group in in America right now, especially? Fundamentalist Christians. And what yeah. do they not like? Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. So it's like now she has nowhere to go because all of us who are against that shit, we're not going to be reading Harry Potter to children now yep. anymore, probably. Or if we do, it'll be with a lot of like, oh God, you know, I don't know. <laughs> or, or it'll be the, the Marauder headcanon that's on, that's on the internet right. that's like that's what people read instead and then the fundies aren't gonna read it no because yeah. they hate that shit so who's gonna read it? You know, like no. a, yeah. yeah so that's pretty great i like that part i like that's a happy note to end on i like yeah, that the... <laughs> so let, she's let, let, let's all go around as we end the show and say fuck jk rolling <laughs> Um, so as we actually end the show with, um, we like to say one good thing that we have been doing recently or like enjoying the world of nerd media. Uh, I feel like Leah, you should start. Oh, you want me to go first this time? Yeah. I wanted you to go I don't first remember last who time first. and you were like, no, Jamie, I don't remember who went first. <laughs> I don't remember who went first. I'll go first. I, have, I, have, every time. <laughs> I have two. I have two this time. One's a movie. So this week I watched the movie God's Own Country. Um, it's really fucking good. I have no <laughs> really fucking good. At all. I told you about well, it. Well, I know um, you told me about it, but that doesn't mean like I. So it's it. about a uh, a young man from thank you Yorkshire, um, who's lives in the middle of nowhere on his parents' farm, and his father is uh, is uh, disabled. And he basically takes care of this farm and he has like no drive in his life and mm. doesn't really know what he's doing. And um, then his life basically changes when they have a um, migrant worker from Romania come. He comes and uh, works with him on the farm and it ends up being with sexy actually... results. Uh, actually, yeah. Um, yes okay cool and and, yeah and is a happy ending because i think that's key because i i looked that up in advance i was like oh this seems that you know because the color tone you know the color tone on the movie often indicates if it's a gay movie where they'll be sad at the end and i was like oh it kind of looks like the color tone is negative this is green blue yeah exactly exactly so i looked it up and the first article was like oh um uh it does have a happy ending so everybody should know, because that's rare, and that trope of all gay people have to die at the end rather than be happy. You know that one. Yeah, that's um, one of the biggest tropes, yep. It's it's really good. I really recommend it. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it was really good. It was, it was beautifully done, and, and yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. 
Anyways, uh, my other one is today. I just finished the book God Killer by Hannah Hannah Kainer. Oh man, it's so fucking good. One of so there are three different, technically four different perspectives in the book. One of them, who's like the main character from the get go, um, Kissin, she is a bisexual badass. <laughs> like amazing. Amazing character. Um, this, the plot is really good. It's a lot of this, like, it's in a world where gods are, like, capricious beings who have, like, derive power from the worshippers and end up, they start fighting amongst each other and amongst the people and there's a war and this is after that war has happened and what's going on with that. And, yeah, it's really well written. It's this the plot was surprising, which for like, you know, I read a lot of similar fantasy books. This is this plot actually surprised me. Um, and I was like, oh, did I see this coming? And I was like, I don't think I did. And I'm happy about that. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. When you posted about it um, in uh, the server, mm. um, I looked it up and a lot of the reviews were like, it's so dark. I liked it, and I was like, "What's that mean?" Yeah, like, <laughs> that that means exactly like the crap that we like. Will it's so dark? It's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, it's, exactly, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> it's like all it's, these women on Goodreads being like dark and gritty. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. yay, yay! It's not, it's not misery. I will say, <laughs> hey, um, hey, watch out! It. That was targeted. <laughs> uh, well, that's what you like, so it's it's not that, but. Uh, it's really well done, and I love how I love now books that have one uh, a brooding a brooding knight and a woman who fucking kicks their ass and says, "Get off your shit, get off your That's high ho- your so loyal high horse." Um, and and also one where uh, gods are like like you know how they like say God we're a reflection of God. No, yeah, it's the gods who you know look like us and humans are shit and so the gods are shit too like i i i love i love a pantheon of gods because usually it indicates that much it's like oh you can see where humans got it from from these assholes and i love that in any book so yeah yeah do they create their own pantheon of gods yeah uh gods basically evolve from spirits of the land that people like and from people's prayers and 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 wishes and then they get enough power through that to be able to fulfill them and then gain substance and they animate i don't know (laughs) yeah it's um and it's it's really well done like lore it's like really well done lore so yeah it's good yeah that sounds cool nice will would you like to go next uh sure uh, so I have two movies, uh, two movies that I watched recently, um, one of them was on Shudder, and then one of them's pretty new, um, I got them on the same, I got, um, the second one on the same ship that you talked about, Jordan, that you can maybe get that game on, um, but I'm sure, you know, that pirate ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, the, 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 uh, the ship where all the sure pirates are. It's a really cool place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SS Primewire. There yeah, might be yeah. like a whole bay of these pirates, too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe. 
but uh, but uh, but I'm sure it'll be somewhere. And, and also, like, I I just watched it like that because I watch a lot of horror movies, and uh, I also just don't have right now a lot of dough. But I will be like somehow, you know, like I'll probably if I'll like buy a DVD or something of this. Like, you should give both of these movies money. But one of them you can do just by going on Shutter, which is truly worth it. Uh, so the first one that's on Shutter. Uh, that I really enjoyed is called Good Madam. Uh, it's a horror movie that is set in South Africa. It's about a, a woman and her daughter, um, the woman's grandmother, who essentially was her mom, because uh, her mom worked all the time, uh, has passed away. So now she has to go live with her mom. And her mom lives with an older woman who she has worked with for many years. She raised this woman's children. She's a white woman. And now that woman is a little sick. And, um, as soon as she enters the house, you know, her mom says, you and your daughter can stay here, but remember the house rules, no running, don't go in the pool without anyone, don't go into Diane's room, who's like the woman, and like, don't touch anything. And her daughter immediately is like, so we should pretend we're not here. And she's like, yeah, sounds good. (laughs) And from there, it becomes kind of this story of like, her dealing with her grief. Her dealing with, like, her mother's placement as a woman, like, post-apartheid, who still is serving a, like, white woman, um, and is also becoming older herself, and maybe, like, you know, maybe should have someone, like, maybe should have a woman of her own to, like, help her out who's younger at this point, you know? Her blood pressure is high, like, maybe it's time for mom to take a break, Um, but she just can't leave this woman... And uh, with also just these really interesting horror elements, um, they never, like, it has a lot of interesting elements that I felt like I wasn't picking up directly, but were references to, like, South African, um, like, folk magic or, like, beliefs. Um, There's a lot of imagery that is, like, super interesting, and I felt, like, tied in with, like, the history of South Africa and especially apartheid. Um, For instance, like, there are several times when in their kitchen um, there are these little you know, tiles, um, like, on the wall, and they depict these little Dutch children. And they show them, um, throughout the movie, but at a certain point, they start, uh, just showing them explicitly during times of character duress, or times that are explicitly very scary, um, like, with music and and lighting. And it really does show that the image of these little Dutch children, as, as cute and as sanitized as they've become, these people, if they weren't then, would grow up to become uh, people who did awful things. Yeah. So it, it really captures that. It's a beautiful, and like I said, just a beautiful story from uh, the point of view of a young woman who is a, just a young black woman in South Africa who is trying to deal with herself after, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's now, but, you know, after apartheid and, and try to figure out what's happening with her mom in this house. Really liked it. Um, beautifully done. Beautiful. Just looked beautiful. Uh, the, the next movie. How many? Oh, how many? Sorry, sorry. My mic didn't pick up. How many jump scares are there? Is it more psychological, yes. or are there a lot of it's jump scares? They walk into the house, jump scares. Someone goes to have jump. The question scares. is: the question is, can Leah watch it or not? Is it Silence I, of the Lambs, or is it, or is it uh, Saw? I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like it had jump scares. There's, like, some moments where, like, stuff happens, and you're like, oh, you know, didn't think that was going to be... But it's not like, well, I got you! It's more like, the characters look down and they see something, and you're like, whoa, okay. Like, what is that? Like, yeah, that's weird. Um, 
Yeah, I also, um, I'd love to hear people's um, interpretations of the ending of this movie. I interpreted it as a happy end. Uh Okay, so I liked it uh, for that. I thought it had a really happy ending, and I really enjoyed that. So, yeah. Um, I I ask, yeah, because I'm I'm bad with horror. So, but absolutely, keep going. I don't like jump scares very much. So, uh, I uh, yeah, I'm not very into them. I think they're it's not really being scared; it's just startling people. But um, when we have a website, I just want that to be under your name, Leah. Bad with horror. (laughs) Bad with horror. (laughs) Horror is most of what I do. Um, True. uh, And yeah. And then the second one that I watched, I, I don't want to talk very much about. And I, if people want to watch it, I don't like. Don't even really look it up. Don't watch a trailer. Uh, just just look for it. You know, just just find the movie and just put it on. But this this movie, uh, ha- I'm gonna say trigger warning. I'm not gonna really. I don't want to say what the triggers are because it's like a spoiler. But also, just generally, I found it to be just. A te- it's just a tense movie. Like I just think that as a person, it has a lot of issues that I think anyone would find very distressing, uh, like of violence, um, things that are happening right now in our culture, um, and uh, just and how women deal with that. So you know, there's obviously because of that going to be some violence with women. I thought this movie. This movie is called Quiet and Soft. I thought it was amazing. It was one of the best movies I've seen in a really long time. Um, I'm not very easily scared by horror movies when I am. It's usually um, by, like, a scene. And even then, I count that as very high praise. Uh, Like, Nope was a movie that had several scenes that legitimately made me feel fear that I couldn't control. And I found that thrilling. Um, Hmm. This movie, throughout it, made me feel afraid. Whether it was a subtle anxiety uh, or just all and out a just distressed fear. Um, and it talks about something that I think should legitimately be scary to people right now. And something that is very real. Um, again, it, it, like, uh, uh, you know, it does have distressing themes. But I do think it's important to watch. And it's one of the most well-done movies I've seen. It's it's done in um, all real time. So the movie is 90 minutes, and the movie, the, what happens in the movie it's takes place over that 90 ah, minutes. That's pretty cool. And um, I think it's a wonderful examination, I will say this, on um, the place of white women in our society and the place of women in our society and a lot of what's happening in society right now. So... Long cool. time. What was the title of that? I always forget. That movie's called Quiet and Soft. Quiet and soft. Write that down because I need to watch that. Wait, movie. are you sure it's not soft and quiet? Soft and quiet. Oh, it might be soft and quiet. How? Okay. Da- well, off the show. You're off the show. You're never going to get back. You got, you got one thing wrong. You're gone. Thank you, Leah, for pointing pointing that out. Now Will's yeah, never coming you. back. I'm so <laughs> I just looked it up. And no, 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 like, you're good. Wait, we should you. probably get this right for everyone else. Okay, yeah. So, Will, you're off. Um, so, All right. I'm kidding. See you later. <laughs> just hangs up. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, so mine, um, 
I'm not going to go a super amount of details because we've been recording for almost two hours, probably over two hours at this point. Let me look at the time. I'm making it worse. I'm making it worse. Yep, over two hours. Um, But yeah, what I will say is I have been listening to a lot of music. My goal for this year was to try to listen to an album every single day. And so far, I have absolutely done that to the point um, where I have listened to 120 awesome. albums since November um, 25th. <laughs> so awesome. I have been listening to a lot of music. Some um, po- popular shout-outs, I'll say, were um, Run the Jewels, RTJ4, was one of my favorites on that. Really, really good album. I, I-, I jammed to that quite often. <laughs> Hot Malkin's album, You'll Be Fine, real good. I love that as well. It's like a kind of punk pup ish type sound um in kinoko taikoku as eureka their album great shoegaze stuff but yeah just a lot of music way too much music I, but i've been having a good time. i didn't make none of my recommendations or made the list damn it i'm i'm hoping i listed three out of 120 leah i know i know i was just i you know you know that little hope where you're like maybe one of the ones Maybe one of the ones recommended to be by other people. Those were just ones I checked out on my own. Yeah, yeah, you didn't call out uh, the Primus album I recommended to either. 120! Anyways. He's um, done a great job. 120! Yeah, Yeah, that is really cool, though, dude. I even got him to listen to K-pop. It was great. Yeah, I think that I you should get a uh, thing like at least like an Instagram together, and yeah, you should like take screenshots of like all of the albums and just post them, even for your own. Just like yeah, I was thinking about yeah. doing that, but then I'm lazy. You should do out. that. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like that's a great idea, but I wasn't so lazy. Oh, so lazy. He says as he's going to have to edit a two-hour podcast. I'm so yep. lazy. But anyways, guys, thank you for listening. This was just our quick pop-up since this was a very important topic of the last eight days um i'm gonna try to get this out next week so i'm gonna be having a lot of fun editing. it's you had to like the the continuity of these episodes <laughs> is going to be atrocious oh to anyone who listens i you know what? i'm gonna specifically not release the episodes in order because that's funnier to me um uh, also God. i like the idea that in like the world of side characters uh, you guys just keep me in like a room that's full of like anime merch and also like my Charlie like from Always Sunny like map of like all the J.K. Rowling stuff, and <laughs> just, like, yeah, papers yeah. about like turf stuff and like fact checking and like medicalizing shit and just being like, what do you need me? All sweaty and wheeling yeah. out. Yeah, like, yeah, we need to check. Oh, uh, Will Will's just like pointing to the J.K. Rowling map with the nosebleed. Like, look at this. Ah. <laughs> But yeah, th- thank okay. you for joining. Well, this has been, thank it's you. always good. I mean, I, I stream with you weekly, but it's always good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. No, of uh, course. Always. Anytime. You can always pull me out of my <laughs> must-filled office covered in sweat. Okay. Where <laughs> are my findings? It goes all the way to are the we, top. Yes. Okay. Are we bye, done? Leah. Yes. Goodbye, are we audience. Done? Yes, Leah. We're done. Bye, okay. everybody. Bye. Bye.